Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. And now, the Outriders. Hello, Outriders, and welcome to a special episode of the Legion Outriders podcast. I am Outrider Matt, and with me is Outrider Dan. But we're joined today by some very special guests. I am so pleased to have here in the booth with us, John, long gun Wookiee himself, <laughs> is back. Uh, and we're very pleased to be joined by Andrew Dursum and Will Pagani of Atomic Mass Games. How's it going, everybody? Hello. Oh, it's doing great. You know, when you guys told me that we were going to have uh, AMG on again, I'm like, well, I got to come back out of retirement to, to, yeah. uh, to chat with them because, I, you know, it's great to be able to hear from the inside. And um, I'm excited to be on here with you, gentlemen. Yay! I'm excited to be here. So it's been almost a year since last time we had uh, both Wills on, and we've got Will Pagani returning with us, which we're super excited about. Thanks so much, Will, for coming back. Glad we didn't scare you off last time. Oh, it'll take more than that to scare me away. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrew Dursum is joining us for the first time. Andrew, welcome. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, what got you involved with Legion, what brought you to AMG, and just about your history with wargaming in general. Yes, hi. So my name is Andrew Dursen. Um, I'm a game developer with Atomic Mass Games. Um, I've been with them since October of 2021. Um, I've always been a, a big, passionate fan of gaming, particularly tabletop gaming um, and miniatures. Um, been doing that for about 10, 15 years, various systems. Um, I actually was a Star Wars Armada player um, for a while. Um, and then when Legion came out, um, that was kind of more my speed. So I started playing. Um, and you know, it's always been a dream to work in the gaming industry and here we are making that dream come true. So <laughs> awesome. Well, we're happy to, we're happy to have you on here and we're excited to see the, the future of Legion with you, you on the helm. I'm, I'm always curious about this, Andrew. What was the uh, game that got you into miniature gaming in the first place? Uh, I believe it was, I was 13 years old and, um, I went over to a friend's house for a sleepover and his mom had just gotten him um, like a little set of little fantasy men and orcs and stuff uh, to paint. And so we did that and, um, you know, it was all downhill from there. So, <laughs> Wow. Started out strong painting right away. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> some, of us get, some of us get involved with the art part of it before the actual uh, playing because they, they don't have friends to play with. That seems crazy to me. <laughs> that was a self-burn, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Not you, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, so when did you start, did you start with Legion, uh, when it first came out? Yes. Uh, I started playing Legion from launch. Um, so been, been playing it for the life of the game. Yes. Oh, cool. So you, you've kind of gone through all iterations and, and rode the roller coaster all the way through. A little bit. Um, so, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry, was that? Played it off and on. Yes. So. Awesome. So with Legion now approaching its fifth year since release and that, just thinking back on it, I'd actually look at a calendar and make sure, has it really been five years? Has it been? Yeah, yep, wow. it has. five years since spring of, of uh, 2018. Jeez. Yeah, so, you know, in that time, the game has seen several rule shakeups, you know, <laughs> through so many different iterations. Um, with, you know, this being one of the biggest ones with what we're seeing just being released uh, at the beginning of this year. What went into the decision-making process that led up to this rules release and points update? Yeah, so... Uh, I'll, I'll take a page out of Schick's book because I think you may have talked about this last time we were on here, right? But like every every game is a garden, 
and sometimes you have to trim and prune different plants in the garden to let the entire garden flourish. And that I think is, is a great analogy for what we've done here with Legion, where we've taken some portions of it that were great and hopefully made it better, and some portions of it that were a little rocky and hopefully smoothed it out a little bit. Um, and one of the reasons we wanted to do that was, which we talked about in the, the articles leading up to the launch, right, is streamlining, ease of play, and really accessibility for new players and returning players and, I mean, current players, right? Like, I don't know about y'all, but whenever I'm playing a game and I have to go look up a rule in a rule book, I'm always like, ah, oh, dang, I have to stop playing and I have to go look up something. I don't want to do homework during my game. So hopefully some of the changes that we've made here um, will remove some of those situations and hopefully it'll happen less and less. So that was sort of always the hope with it. And yeah. Well, as somebody who's dabbled a little bit of uh, Horace Heresy over the last year, um, I really appreciate that because, yeah, bookkeeping and gaming is not fun. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, you know, with you kind of getting involved with this particular rules update, um, you know, were you kind of there from the beginning of this, uh, you know, the, the meetings regarding this rules update? Yeah, I mean, uh, as we've said in the article, this was a project that we have been working on for some time um, behind the scenes, um, and now... Everyone's going to get to enjoy it soon, but it is was a very, you know, time-intensive, lengthy project that I was there for the entirety of. Yes. Yeah, I think. Well, I think this podcast will come out after it launches. Correct me if I'm wrong here, gentlemen. Correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you will already be enjoying it. You're already be enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this started at least a year ago. Um, yeah, I mean, easily this time last year, we were. I was already working on this. So. Wow. So now over the years, you've provided us with you know, the rules reference guide for free online, and this living document has served as the repository for all Legion rules, keyword definitions, and errata. Understandably, it's started to become a labyrinth and difficult for new players to, to learn from. Now for the first time, we actually are getting a core rulebook. Uh, how will this document be structured, and what inspired you to make these changes? So the rulebook itself is essentially a, a linear learning document. So instead of an alphabetized list of terms, uh, which the RRG was, this one is much more focused on organizing information and the order which players will sort of need it in the game and the order in which they hopefully need to learn that information. Um, so it is less of, say, an appendix and more of like an instruction manual uh, for how to play the game it does, of course, have an index and all that kind of stuff still. So if you're looking for attacks, you can flip to the index. The attacks are on page, I don't know, 32 or whatever. I don't know what page attacks are actually on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then just flip straight to that. So you still have, hopefully, a lot of that ease of use that you did get out of the RRG. Uh, but also you have a place for players to learn the full game. Because the Learn to Play book that was, is still contained in the core sets is great. And it can do a lot of work toward learning but it doesn't give you the full picture. It doesn't give you all of everything. Yeah. Hopefully this book will give you all of everything that you need to know how to play the game uh, but, in a much more digestible and readable way. Uh, so instead of it just being a reference guide, uh, which the RG was great for, it's more of a learning tool and uh, a little more conversational and usable document for the average player is sort of the hope, I think. The, the goal for sure was that if you do not know how to play Star Wars Legion, that you can take this core rule book and you can read it you know, with your buddy or whoever and understand how to play. You're not gonna have to keep flipping forth between a reference document. That by the time you finish reading the book, 
you will understand the rules to play the game and you'll be getting you know ready to go on your way that was the goal yeah and, and you know from our perspective who you know we were all kind of here from day one so we've kind of gotten all of the rules updates gradually and kind of been able to you know adjust as we've gone but for new players who are joining the game you know, over the last six months or so, you know, they really have to rely on that community to kind of help them right. learn all the nuances of the game. I, I think this core rulebook's a great idea for those people who maybe don't have a robust community to, to rely on to help them learn the game. And they really have to just rely on an instructional booklet to be cohesive and, you know, help them to escalate the learning process. Not everybody has an outrider, Dan. They can just shoot a message to <laughs> and ask questions. So having a consolidated so, source of all this is fantastic. You mean they haven't found a community yet? Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Time to build one. Started their community. Exactly. Yes. There we go. But I mean, having having resources like the Discord, you know, Legion Discord, having Facebook, things like that, and you know, thankfully having a a communicative. AMG team who is helping to get those rules out there. Thank you, LJ. Big shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that, that helps a lot too. But uh, yeah, the, the core rulebook is a, a phenomenal idea. Uh, so one big thing that uh, I know from the beginning of the game has helped to, uh, you know, those people coming in from games, workshops, games that, that aren't turn-based, maybe a little bit of a learning curve is uh, activation counts. Um, you know, it's one thing that's been a huge factor in the list building process for Star Wars Legion since day one. Uh, how many low activation count lists have done well on the tournament scene? I'm oh, sorry, while many of the uh, the activation low activation counts have done well on the tournament scene so far, um, it's often seen as an advantage to out activate your opponents. Uh, with the rules update, we're seeing the introduction of the pass mechanic for the first time. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this addition will work. And how do you think this mechanic will affect the balance of activation count valuation? Uh, yeah, so how it works is pretty simple. If your opponent has more activations than you uh, at any point during the round, you can choose to pass once per round. Uh, and that's, there's, there's fancy word language for like, how do you count how many activations there are? Well, it's just how many activations they have. Like if you're, if you're just learning about this conversationally, that's really all you need to know about it. Uh, and then a pass is just a skipped turn. You don't activate any of your units. Nobody gets an order. You just chill. Um, I mean, I don't know, Darson, do you have anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the kind of the goal was, right, like, you know, yes, having more activations is an, is an advantage. And it's an advantage that throughout the playtesting process, we decided that we didn't want to completely eliminate, but we wanted to curb a little bit. So, you know, a six activation list against a 13 activation list. Well, the pass mechanic isn't really going to help you there, right? But maybe yeah. you know, a nine activation list against an 11 activation list. Oh, okay. Maybe that'll be enough to kind of even the playing field a little bit. And we, we just really wanted to pre prevent these situations where, you know, um, through one player maybe activating like filler units or, you know, naked core units to kind of bide their time and force their opponent to activate a really expensive unit and kind of be forced to you know, make a maneuver that they don't want to or kind of walk into the other armies, you know, range weapons. That was kind of the things we were wanting to avoid, kind of get rid of those feels bad situations and curb the advantage a little bit, but not completely eliminate it. And I think one of the important things to, to note on it, right, is we want to open up what's available for players to use, right? right. We, we have all these great units out there. We have all these cool characters. We have all these awesome things. And if players feel like they can't use those things because they're suboptimal or they have to get more activations to really be able to compete in the game. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> I want to see the Darth Vader. Yeah. I want to see the Luke Skywalkers. I want to see the Boba Fett's, right? 
like show me these cool characters and these cool moments in, in Star Wars that we're here for, right? Like we're here to play Legion because the game is great and Star Wars is great and we love all of those things. Show me those things. So anytime that we run into a situation where a player is like, oh man, I can't do X, Y, Z, which would be really cool because I need another activation. Like that to me is is not a great thing. And we need to, to figure out a way to to remove that and give that player that that freedom and that agency to do the cool thing hopefully so what was the list that uh that kind of spawned that change and why was it triple staff 14 activation droids <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i i don't even think it was so much the high activation lists that really informed this decision right it was more the low activation lists where we're like oh man it would be so cool if you could really play like palpatine and a bunch of royal guards and like all these other expensive troops like oh well you only get eight activations well, that's going to be rough. Yeah. Or you only get seven activate. Like, okay, well, how can we help them out a little bit? How, what can we do to make a list like this a little bit more viable? Like, it doesn't even need to be like, this is the new meta. This is the new way to play, right? Like, that's not really what we're looking for. We're saying, hey, how can we take something that's currently not very playable and make it playable through a relatively simple change that that opens up a lot of space for players to explore, right? So I, I don't even think, once again, it was it was the high activation list. It's more of the low ones that we were trying to help with this. Hopefully there's some clone players out there that are saying to themselves, oh, you know, maybe instead of taking, you know, two phase one units with no upgrades, like maybe I can afford to, you know, take an art trooper unit now or some other unit that beforehand it's like, oh, I don't have a lot of activations. Do I really want to, you know, do this? Maybe now they'll be able, you know, they'll feel like more comfortable doing that is the goal. So. Did you always initially just want to go with the the one pass per per round, or was there a talk about doing more than that? Oh, we we tried all sorts of crazy things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, we we did we did all sorts of things, and this is this was sort of the one that panned out to be the easiest to understand, which I think is really important. Right? We talked a lot about like accessibility to the game. Uh, hopefully, making this less sort of archaic and convoluted for players. And we had some things that were like, well, if you take the number of activations you start with in the round and then you divide by two, like, like no, we don't need to do any of this, right? Just do you have less? Yes, you can pass. And the once per round worked out because we tried the you can pass as many times as you want, as, as Darius mentioned earlier. Uh, and then it was just like, oh my gosh, now characters, like the rebel lists with three or four characters and we're just like, oh my gosh, they can do anything they want. They're invincible. <laughs> so like, that didn't work. So then we ended up at the one and yeah. We, we had all sorts of, of wacky things. Yeah. yeah. As somebody who always enjoyed playing the uh, the Falcon crew list with the Rebels, that's uh, that's good news. Yeah, and, and maybe it went a little too far when it was all the passes, but I think one is, is really <laughs> the correct place to be, right? Like, it's a bump. It's not a huge swing. Uh, and hopefully it feels good to players to be like, ah, okay, I have this. I got I to gotta wait one turn here, right? So... Yeah, I just, I just wanted to real quick uh, give a shout out to all, all of our uh, external play testers um, for everything that they do. Um, they were an immense help throughout this process. And uh, like Bagani was saying, we threw many wacky ideas at them <laughs> uh, <laughs> the course of, of um, creating this core rule book. Um, so their, their hard work is very much appreciated. Speaking of the play testers, like how long ago did play testing begin with this particular rule set? Cool. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I mean, a long time, right? We were working on it internally at least a year ago. I wouldn't be surprised if playtest has been at least a year as well, maybe a little less, but okay. long time, long time. 
So there's a lot of other really important rules, uh, changes, updates, and tweaks that have been made. So we'll move on to the next one. Um, you know, in the preview article, you talked about the intention to bring clarity and consistency to the rules for Legion. Uh, one of the biggest, most hotly debated rules interactions that I think I've seen since the beginning of the game has centered around line of sight, cover, and terrain interactions. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we went to a, a simplified line of sight system. Uh, essentially, unit or miniatures are cylinders. If I can draw a line from part of my cylinder to part of your cylinder, I can see you. Uh, if any line drawn from my cylinder to your cylinder goes through cover, you have cover. And that's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there are, of course, corner cases and things like that, that that are complicated. Line of sight systems in miniatures games are always complicated. Uh, but at, at its core, that's really the basis of the line of sight system change uh, that was made. And we found that it did a lot of things for the game. Uh, it sped up the game significantly. You're no longer looking for tiny little peepholes to see things or not be seen through. Uh, you're no longer, uh, I guess part of this is also the wound allocation rules, right? You're no longer attempting to, to snipe out heavy weapons or specific characters and units and things like that. So it really just sped up the game because it, one, it became very easy. Two, it became, uh, I guess, easy from a player perspective. And then two, you get a lot more line of sight now, which is mm -hmm. cool because you get to do more stuff. Uh, and then cover is much easier to get now. So that like stops all of the little finicky movements and things like that the players were having to do to make sure that like does this train provide cover, how many people are in it, like all that kind of stuff. So uh, the goal here was obviously to to simplify, but also to hopefully reduce sort of the finicky nature of movement, which ties also into the movement change for the the movement template, which I imagine we'll get to here in a little bit. But yeah, and it I think something that uh, Pergani didn't mention is part of that making it simpler is uh, in before the, the core rulebook, um, if you were a small base trooper unit, obviously you have the silhouette template. But if you were not a small base trooper unit, you know, where do I draw a line of sight from on my silhouette? Well, certain miniatures have, you know, predefined points. Is it this part of the hull? Is it this part of the miniatures, you know, body or whatever? And that is just not consistent um, and is very tedious to one remember um, and also have to look up or determine in the, in you know the process of the game so by going to any part of you know the silhouette or cylinder to any part of the other silhouette that speeds up that process um, quite dramatically um, and so now you know if you're a small base trooper unit you've got the one silhouette if you're a notch based um, unit you have the other silhouette and then vehicles just have their their own silhouette as well so it speeds up that part of the game quite significantly. And we'll probably see less laser pointers at tournaments, which is always a good thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. The, the goal is to make some of that kind of finicky um, miniature placement matter a little bit less. Like, you don't have to worry anymore, oh, is my DLT going to get sniped out of my Stormtrooper unit? Because I accidentally placed it in such a way that it's going to be the only miniature visible. And so that's the only one that's going to be, have wounds allocated to it. Um, so hopefully, you know, players can spend more time, you know, playing the game and less time, you know, having to do finicky miniature placement like that. Yeah, I mean, other things like the, you know, models moving freely over terrain less than, the, just less than the height, not less than half the height. I mean, that's nice. You're not having to do any kind of crazy measurements or anything. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely like nice quality of life adjustments. Yeah, and, and uh, so, anything we can do to promote people moving around the table, I think is a win. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah. 
little less rough terrain, a little less uh, things you have to move slower over, can't move over. Movement on the table, I think, is a very important aspect of pretty much all miniature gaming. Uh, mm -hmm. So anything that we can do to get people really doing that, I think, is great. So another big change that, uh, that we're seeing is regarding panic and suppression. Um, in the preview articles, you mentioned that panic and suppression, you didn't feel they were impactful enough in scenario play. Now, are the changes to panic and suppression intended to be only used for scenario play, or are these also to be applied to standard and competitive games of Star Wars Legion? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, when we say scenario play, we mean this, like the mission cards in Legion. Because <laughs> like, that is the <laughs> scenario that you have built through the battle deck, right? Uh, so it's definitely standard Legion, everything good to go there. Um, do you ever think that we'll see a time where suppression lists are anything more than just a meme list? I mean, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, th I think certainly. Um, I mean, uh, you know, the, the the ability to, you know, panic a unit and prevent it from scoring is, you know, quite strong. Um, and so, you know, I think we will see players maybe, you know, taking more, you know, weapons with a suppressive keyword, you know, in their lists going forward. So since the last uh, points update, we've seen a drastically different meta emerge. Uh, the Kashyyyk Way was just releasing at the time, and the Shadow Collective units were still in development. The beginning of 2022 was dominated by Ion Spider Droids and Magna Guard, and since the release of the Shadow Collective, it seems like pikes have been fighting on every battlefield across the entire universe. How much did you factor in the tournament results and player feedback when you did the points updates that we've seen? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking at stuff like that. Um, we, we do sort of snoop around, I guess, might be the best phrase. But we, we hang out <laughs> in the Facebook groups and stuff like that. And we see what people are talking about. And we check out the tournament results and all that kind of stuff. We also do a lot of stuff like talking to people that play Legion. Who do we run into at conventions? Um, who's at our local game stores playing what what do they think is going on so it's not just tournament results it's really we try to get a, a a feel on the entire community and what is going on there and then of course we also have our play testers that we we talk to and we listen to and what we feel is going on as well it's all very important in informing points updates so yeah uh, uh yeah we we try to pull as much information as we can from as many different places you know, but sometimes when you nerf what might seem like an over, overpowered faction, the pendulum can sometimes swing a little too far in the other direction. Certainly. Um, you know, some people may have said that with the Rex Star list that we saw, that, you know, seeing a ton of success in competitive play in 2021, and, you know, a rules update comes in and it maybe becomes a little bit underpowered, seemingly. You know, how, how do you, uh, I guess, go into making sure that you don't have that happen when, when doing these points updates? Uh yeah, I mean, that's just playtest and, and playtest, right? How many games can you get in? How much can you see? Uh, how accurate is your playtest? So I think all of that is, is process stuff. Uh... You know, specifically with regards to, to what we saw with the Galactic Republic, um, you, know, you guys did a lot to kind of improve phase twos and arcs. Um, do you think maybe we found that sweet spot with Republic? I mean, I, I don't know if you ever find the perfect sweet spot, but we'll be paying attention to see how it goes. Uh, we do like the direction that they're moving in. Um, and I think the, the rules updates, as Durson talked about it a little bit earlier with passing and things like that, hopefully help them out a little bit. So we won't see the full impact 
of that points update until people really uh, dig into the new rules and see exactly what's going on with that stuff. So. Andrew, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen with the points updates that you're excited about? Like, what are the units that are, are you're having a lot of fun play testing? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, as we were just saying, I'm definitely excited to see um, people, you know, tinker around with uh, their Republic armies. Um, I know for a long time competitively, it seemed like, you know, the only way sometimes it, they can compete was with a heavy um, helping of Wookiees in there. So maybe we'll see more clones and the actual clone army. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for for people to, you know, see the, the update and, you know, try to, you know, make new armies with it. As, as Pagani said earlier, a lot of what we do is trying to open up space for people to take units. We want people to think that they have choices and what they take for their armies and that they're not pigeonholed into one choice that seems the most optimal um, or, you know, stapled to a card. Um, that's one of the reasons why we raised some of the points on the generic upgrades, um, because some of those we we're seeing that players, you know, certain units had obvious choices for an upgrade. Um, Vigilance is kind of a great example. It's, oh, well, I'm going to have a lot of dodge stuff in my army. Well, I'm going to take Vigilance, right? And so hopefully by raising, you know, the points cost on some of those upgrades, it kind of creates more of a choice with players. Oh, well, you know, maybe I'm going to take this instead. It's not such just an obvious choice, and it opens up some space um, for some more interesting combinations. Yeah, I mean, speaking about some of those upgrades, um, you know, we saw some points increases to stuff like offensive push, tenacity, situational awareness, up close and personal. Um, those all tend to be upgrades that are seen from, you know, more melee-focused units. Um, was there a concerted effort to kind of dial back the, the melee focus or armies that like to play aggressively? Um, to maybe even the playing field with some of the ranged units? I wouldn't say so, no. Um, in fact, I think I'm actually quite interested to see. Um, uh, we, we found in our internal external playtesting that with these new rules that melee armies actually get a bit of a bump because with the new climb rules, it's actually a little bit easier for them to traverse the battlefield. Um, so, you know, if there's that building that's between you and a unit that you want to engage in melee, you don't have to run around it anymore. You can just climb over it. Um, and so with the new movement rules, it makes it a little bit easier for those melee armies to close and engage. Um, so Quarry, we're quite interested to see how that plays out in the wild. Can you kind of walk us through some of those changes to those units that have scale? Um, as we are airing this episode after the rules book has dropped, obviously those, uh, those rules have been spoiled for everyone, but um, I don't think we're privy to all that information yet. Yeah, so obviously when we change the climb rules and Clamor no longer exists, um, obviously that means we're going to have to rework Expert Climber um, and Scale. Um, those keywords have been reworked entirely. Um, Expert Climber now lets you move up to height two uh, when you perform a climb, and Scale is just Expert Climber plus Unhindered. Um, so now you ignore difficult terrain and you also have the Expert Climber keyword. Um, that's how those keywords got reworked. Nice. Okay, yeah, excellent. Thank you. Um, you know, despite new releases and exciting upcoming units and battle forces, that there are those who are worried that you know what the future might hold for Legion. Uh, the rules update should clear up any of that confusion. But what would you like to say about the growth and direction you envision for the game in the years to come? Uh, I can kind of take this one. Uh, the, I mean, it, there is so much coming for Legion that when you asked Darson, like, what are you playing in playtest right now that you get excited about? I was like, I can't really answer. I was excited about, nope. 
<laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, we have, there, there's so much coming for Legion. We have so many units in development. We have so many battle forces. We have so much stuff. Uh, so many, like, narrative event kits. So many store support kits, right? I know that's that's a new thing that's that's on its way as well uh, from Atomic Mass Games. So, uh, support of the game has never been, been bigger. And... The future is bright and exciting from my perspective anyway I, I would hope you all share that perspective but there's there's a lot to come uh a lot to come i mean can i say i'm excited for ewoks is that fair yeah <laughs> <Damn> murder bears <laughs> I, would, I would be as somebody who's extremely excited about ewoks i'd be very i'd very be, be very disappointed if you weren't excited about that. <laughs> I, i'm very excited about ewoks uh, i'm gonna get one of those like ewok flannel shirts with like wicked's face all over it it's gonna be great. So, <laughs> we wear that on stream. It'll be fantastic. It'll be seventy-four degrees in that stream studio. He's still gonna wear his flannel, and it's gonna look great. <laughs> it's gonna look great. I mean, you're based in the Pacific Northwest. That's it's kind of like the de facto uniform, right? It is, it is my uniform. Yes. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add, or any or anything else you were excited to talk about? I mean, I'm, there's, I have so many things I'm excited about, but I don't I know. Think I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I just want to say, like, looking forward to the development of Legion, like looking forward into the future, right? Uh, Atomic Mass Games has sort of a, a mission statement or a dedication to creating very thematic and flavorful characters and units. And if you look at sort of what's been going on with our, our recent releases, like The Mandalorian, like Roku, like, uh, I guess at this point, by the time this comes out, it will be very close to Moff Gideon and Dark Troopers. Uh, those very unique feeling units is something that we love to make. So like getting as much flavor and as much uh, feel into every unit is something that we really focus on when we're doing development. So get ready and hold on to your butts i guess <laughs> we're, we're gonna get some exciting stuff coming and and yeah there's, there's gonna be a lot of new and a lot of interesting and a lot of different cool last uh second questions dan you got anything um i don't know if i'm allowed to ask this but uh i'll who, cut it who, if you're not okay who came up with the name myrtleizer damn i was gonna ask that <laughs> uh i believe that name was given to us from lucasville Really? See, <laughs> yeah, they like, don't do anything without naming it. Oh, all. We're, we're curious if this was something that was uh, g generated by AMG, just as FFG in the past no, no, actually was able was given the, given the ability to make things. No. Yeah, because <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that had to clear Lucasfilm licensing at one point. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I believe its origin is actually Lucasfilm specifically. So, oh gee, there you go. All right, Excellent. that's. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Well, the people needed to know. Yes. Like, I don't know Anyways. if you clear anything yeah. up, but... <laughs> well, Andrew and Will, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate this. We're excited to dig into the new rules update and uh, get our first games in with these uh, with these new rules. Yeah, well, thank you for having us. It's been a blast. Yes, thank you for having us. Well, that's going to do it for this very special episode of the Legion Outriders podcast. Thank you again to Andrew Dursum and Will Pagani for joining us on the show. We'll be returning to our normal schedule on the next episode, and we hope to see you there. 
Don't forget, you can email us at legionoutriders at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook under the same name. Or you can find Outrider Dan on Discord or catch one of my Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash captain underscore archer. See you next time, Outriders. This concludes the current episode of the Legion Outriders podcast. You may cultivate a tactical advantage by observing the Outriders on Facebook or Twitter at Legion Outriders. Wisdom advocates subscribing to the podcast. Acting otherwise is reckless.